Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Thank you guys for joining me again this week as we reach episode 10 of Dragon Ball Super. Um, I think there's something to be said about that. I think <laughs> I think anytime you make it to 10 episodes of anything, then that's great. This, of course, is episode 11 of the podcast, uh, technically, but but it's also episode 10. There's an episode zero for this podcast, just in case you missed that or forgot about that. Make sure you go back and check that out. Uh, of course, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Google Play, and TuneIn. Of course, I host other, two other podcasts, one called Republic City Report, which was a Legend of Korra podcast, and also Geekly Dose. Those can be found on iTunes as well as Stitcher.com. So... Um, very interesting developments here, right? We're getting to this point now. It's where we're starting to get into some action. It took us about eight or nine episodes to really get into it, but now we're starting to get into the meat of it. Uh, a lot of us, have, of course, we've seen Battle of Gods. We kind of know what's coming here, but it's interesting to see the things that are different and the things that are the same and why this, and speculate as to why they're the same and speculate as to why they're different. So uh, make sure you head over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast if you'd like to send me a message, leave me a comment with any questions or concerns that you may have about the episode or Dragon Ball Super as a whole. I also have Rock the, uh, sorry, Rock, Rock the Dragon Podcast at gmail.com. I do have an email I'm going to read a little bit later from my new segment called What Are You Saying? So if you'd like to be a part of that segment, ask me a question, etc. Head over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast or send me an email at Rock the Dragon Podcast at gmail.com. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the episode talk. Of course, this episode of the podcast is going to cover episode 10 of Dragon Ball Super titled Show Us Goku, The Power of a Super Saiyan God. So, as in usual fashion here, the titles pretty much tell you exactly what's going to happen <laughs> during the episode. No surprise there. Uh, I do want to say that I really like the music um, that is playing when the episode starts right after the little the title sequence, uh, the title card. It kicks in and we have Goku standing in front of Lord Beerus and Whis and they're kind of talking. This is, of course, shortly after Goku's transformation to Super Saiyan God. Some pretty cool music there. I feel like I need to point that kind of stuff out now because I did mention in the past that I wasn't a big fan of a lot of the music so far during the show. So when there's a song that comes on that I really like and then I'm digging, I'll point it out. Uh, once again, I was a I was a really big fan of Bruce Faulkner's music during Dragon Ball Z, so I kind of miss that. But you know, they do kind of revisit some of the same tones. I think. Uh, as some of that music occasionally so I like that but the episode pretty much starts off well you know we're just going to go ahead and get into it now now that Goku's made this transformation to Super Saiyan God this is what they've been waiting for and aiming for this is what Beerus has been waiting on so there's no reason to hesitate any longer go ahead and just get into the fight um, there's a lot of sort of fighting during this episode so I won't talk about this episode too much because once again you know there's there's only so much you can say about a fight scene uh, unless the story is being advanced in some kind of way, then sometimes this is not a lot of shit to talk about. Uh, but what I do like here is that we do get a couple moments where the other characters are acknowledging the changes that Goku has gone through. It's always nice to know that they are seeing these things as well from a writing standpoint, that they're actually noticing. Like Gohan is kind of commenting about 
you know, did, did, this, did the Super Saiyan God transformation even work right? Because look how skinny Dad is, you know? And uh, I, th I, think, I thought that was something, I think that's cool because they're so used to people getting bigger and more buff and stuff like that when it comes to transformations and he got skinny. So it's kind of opposite of what you would have thought would have happened in that moment. But um, it's, it's cool that the characters themselves comment on these things too. Um, so it makes us kind of feel like, you know, it's not just us as the audience, right? Because if we were just asking these questions and the characters never addressed it, there would be a disconnect there. And it's something that makes it feel less authentic or less um, involved whenever that happens. Now, one thing they kind of bring up here is, and, and, I, and something, something that I really don't understand yet, and I really don't understand it. Maybe I'm not supposed to understand it yet because it's something that is going to be explained later, which is cool. But, you know, we get to see this reaction from King Kai whenever Goku becomes Super Saiyan God and even Supreme Elder Kai is getting in on it. And it's not clear as to why it's such a problem um, to them that Goku's become a god. Um, hopefully that's something that is sort of revealed uh, in future episodes, like there is some kind of a uh, downside to this, because I think I mentioned this on the last episode, but I feel like there should be some sort of a responsibility uh, to being a deity, to being a god, that you should be a god of something. So it'd be cool if they kind of examine that aspect of things and kind of said, you know, well, there's a downside to this too. Like you have to actually rule something or you have to, there's, there's a responsibility as a god to where you have to be the god of something. And Goku's not the smartest guy on the planet. So it seems like he wouldn't really be the best fit for something like that. But that would be an opportunity for them to create conflict, right? And create more depth to this story. Because let's be honest, we're not getting a lot of <laughs> depth here in Dragon Ball Super. I mean, we don't get a lot of depth in Dragon Ball in general. But one of the things that I was hoping to see done differently with this new series is that now we'd start to maybe kind of get into some of that stuff. Uh, not a lot of it so far, but, you know, hopefully we'll get to see that. Now, one of the main ways, I guess, that Goku likes to test out his new abilities is to charge up a big-ass fucking Kamehameha. <laughs> I mean, he did that, and while I did enjoy the sequence, uh, it's, I, it just didn't seem like it made much sense that he would do that in that moment. Um, why would the very first thing you do be to go out and use your most powerful technique? When you pretty much, I mean, you know, it's weird because it's, it's to the point now with these characters to where you can't just power up a move like that and unleash it and expect to actually hit your opponent. Because all they're going to do is stand there and look at it <laughs> as it comes closer to them. And they're going to fucking teleport out the way or they're going to duck or they're going to block it. Right. So those kinds of moves need to be used in a spur of the moment with a little more thought behind it like sort of skills like back in Dragon Ball Z with Goku charge up the Kamehameha um, use instant transmission teleported directly in front of Cell and blew the top half of his body off like he used it in a creative way there so it made more sense um, but at this at the same time in this moment it's not like it seems that he wasn't even trying to necessarily defeat Beerus with that attack it seems like he was more so just trying to test out his powers but at the risk of everyone else's life, <laughs> which when I was watching that, I was like, why would he just launch that thing like that, you know, at the water with his family and friends on that boat? But 
they do address it. He addresses it himself. Piccolo says something about it. Piccolo's like, hey, you know, how about not using us as a um, collateral damage next time? And he's like, sorry, I just got out of control. You know, I'm trying to get used to my new powers, etc. So at least they did address it from a show standpoint. Because once again, had they not, as the audience, we'd be sitting back saying like, Why the, what the fuck was that about? Why would he do that? But this is Goku. He's got new powers. We know how he is. And the fact that they addressed it kind of makes it okay. But a lot of this episode, you know, they're just kind of standing back watching things develop here. And we get some talk, of course, between Beerus and Goku. And we start to kind of realize that this is less of a fight at this point and just more of a test. You know, it's almost like Beerus is training him in a way without even realizing it, right? Because he's trying to see, can you land a blow on me? Can you block this? Can you do this? Uh probably just typical stalling here i mean they you know it's a it's a tv show so they don't want to get directly to the main fight so we have to spend time with uh goku kind of getting used to some of his new abilities which i appreciate because he shouldn't he shouldn't know how to do everything just yet i mean this is a power that he's never had so it should be a little bit rough around the edges in the beginning and it is so i do like that now what i don't like is that we still get some bad animation during this fucking episode. I mean, I <laughs> it's kind of frustrating now because I, I see these moments and I'm like, that's just certain shots, they just don't look right. But go back and look at some of those close-ups where Beerus and Goku are throwing punches at each other and their arms just seem really long and really sort of distorted and, not, and the perspective is off. And I'm just thinking to myself, what the fuck happened here, man? Does anybody know? Listen, I haven't been keeping up with the actual development of Dragon Ball Super. Because for one thing, it's going on in Japan, and it's hard to find information on that kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, I, I have heard that it does improve at some point throughout later on in the series. Great, but I just, I, I'm curious as to what happened here. I mean, there's gotta be a reason for it, right? There had to be a budgetary reason or something. But it's just kind of frustrating because you know, we, we finally get drag, new Dragon Ball after how many years and we have to deal with like this, some of this crappy looking fucking animation and it's just, it's a pain in my ass. <laughs> I don't, you know, I want, I, want, I want this to be good. I want it to be as good as I remember Dragon Ball Z being. And so far, it, certainly animation wise, it's not. Um, but hey, I'm, you know, this is my show. I'm going to stick with it, whatever. I just, I can't pretend like everything's great when it's not with that. So a lot of this episode is, you know, is, is a lot of fighting here. We do get this moment where Beerus kind of knocks Goku into the water, which is a punch. And everybody's wondering if he's okay. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> like we've seen Goku take worse than that and be okay. But as Whis does kind of remind us and reiterate for us, it's a little bit more difficult to keep track of those kinds of things. Because now that Goku is a god, you can't sense his power. Okay, that is something that I do like. About, about this God mode thing. And it'd be interesting to see how that serves Goku in the future. Uh, if he'll be able to somehow use that to his advantage when it comes to fighting newer villains. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we get a lot of a lot of Beerus and Goku back and forth stuff. Um, there's a couple moments where, where they kind of stop and they kind of talk and they kind of look at each other. And this is typical Dragon Ball stuff. <laughs> we know. Um, it's just kind of, I don't know. This 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 saga is just not, 
it's not the greatest. And once again, and I'll talk more about this later when we get to the email segment. Um, a, par- a part of it, at least for me, is the fact that I saw Battle of Gods. Um, which it's weird going watch something that was animated, a version of this that was animated way better, and then coming and watching this. It almost feels like a lesser version of it. Uh, even though we're getting more backstory in a longer version of it, which I appreciate. There's just a, a dip in quality here that I just don't understand. Um, so it, it's just a weird experience to go from watching that movie to watching this and hearing the same story told again, but told in sort of a different way. And it wasn't that interesting of a story to begin with. So now we're getting it twice. And this is something I kind of talked about before in previous episodes of the podcast to where, you know, Beerus has a villain. He He's a cool villain, but it's just there's something missing there. You know, there's a lack of, of stakes, I think, here. Because I don't think anybody for one second believes that uh, Beerus is going to kill anybody or that he's actually going to destroy the Earth. So that sense of tension is not there. Um, but once again, we'll, we'll get we'll get more into this later. So Goku and Beerus pretty much take off once again because they want to take their fight to the next level once again. And by the next level, I mean they just want to take it to the next the next notch of, of speed and power, I guess. I mean, this is something that happens a lot in Dragon Ball. They'll talk and they'll fight for a while. And then you realize that neither people are actually using their full power. So then they'll say, okay, well now let's take it up to the next level. It's like a lot of stalling in a lot of ways. And then, and then of course, we see Pilaf again. And it's just like, just stop. Just fucking stop with Pilaf already. They're back on the boat. Looking for the Dragon Balls. Of course, at this point, the Dragon Balls have scattered, been been shot back over to the different every corner of the Earth because they've used the balls already. I mean, I guess Pilaf and them don't know about that. They don't realize that after you make your wishes or your wish or however many it is now, I forget, that the Dragon Balls scatter again. So they go back to the boat, but then they end up eating food and they're talking to Whis. And it's just it's just a bunch of stalling while Goku and Beerus kind of fight. Um so I'm guessing that the main point of this fight is to just kind of see how Goku's powers have changed, uh, uh, you know, as Super Saiyan God. But we don't really get to see much of that. I mean, really, you know, in the poor animation here doesn't help, but they're just kind of throwing punches and kicks at each other. I mean, there's nothing really that incredible going on here. I mean, there's even a moment here where Beerus says, well, let's see if you can block this. And he cocks back. And he throws a fucking punch at Goku. It's like, well, yeah, he can block that. It's a punch. Especially if you announce that you're about to do it <laughs> before you do it. So, I, I don't know. Like, some of this stuff is, 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 is a bit of a stretch for me. Now, what's cool about it is that Vegeta's kind of standing back watching all this. And maybe this will somehow you know, tie into his transformation at some point. Because I know at some point he also becomes Super Saiyan God. Right now, I don't know exactly how he does it. If the, if the method is any different, I don't want to know. You know, I don't want to be spoiled. Um, but we do know that it happens at some time. And maybe he's just kind of observing right now. And, and some of this will lead to that. Now, since Goku successfully blocked Beerus's punch, Beerus is saying, okay, well now how about this? And that's why I say this is, it seems like it's more of a test. Like they're just like, he's, he's almost training Goku without realizing it or... Or maybe he does realize it. Maybe it's part of his plan the whole time. I don't know. I'm not sure how different things will be from Battle of Gods to this. Um, 
but he pretty much makes this huge sort of energy ball and launches it at him. And then we kind of cut back and forth between Bulma and crew because they've, they're following along. They hop in a ship because they want to see the fight. Um, but yeah, basically Goku does actually manage to deflect this blast. Which I guess is, once again, they're just kind of establishing how Goku's powers have grown now. Now that he's in Super Saiyan God mode. And even Beerus sort of acknowledges that, you know, himself. So, um, and once again, we're cutting back and forth between King Kai freaking out. Don't exactly understand why yet. I'm hoping they sort of unravel that a little bit more and give us a little more detail as to why that is such a big deal. Uh, but we do get a cool moment where Goku's kind of talking about his powers and he powers up and he's got this new sort of fiery Super Saiyan aura, um, which if I'm remembering correctly, looked really good in Battle of Gods, but just doesn't look as good here. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just the animation. I mean, they, you know, they're introducing these new things, but they just don't look as good. I mean, like I, I, I actually are, I miss the, just the golden aura now. Now I get he's at a new level of power here, so it's not going to look the exact same, but it should look better, but it, it just kind of doesn't. So I'm just hoping that over time, this does change. Now, I think what's really important to take away from this fight here is that Goku does land some punches on Beerus. He even sort of gets his little revenge by uh, flicking the, his flicking him, flicking him on the forehead and chopping him. If you remember, that happened to Goku when he was on King Kai's planet. So that's kind of a funny moment that he would go back and do the exact same thing. It's actually kind of bold and a bit of egotistical for Goku, but it's but it's, it's a good moment. It's funny. Uh, Beerus doesn't really seem to appreciate it very much um, but yeah at this point you know it's just a matter of them just kind of talking about you know okay now that the preliminary sort of things are out the way let's get to the real fight once again this is something this is very typical of Dragon Ball you know like I said they'll talk for a minute fight a little bit talk again and then they'll both agree okay now it's time for the real fight and it just does feel like stalling and this is one of those things I was hoping that would have gotten better with Dragon Ball Super. You know, they didn't have to rush this. I mean, they could have been spending time developing another story instead of jumping into Beerus. And now, since they had they tried to get to Beerus so fast, now they have to stall by, by kind of dragging some of this stuff out with Pilaf and all that. I mean, a lot of this stuff could have just been handled better. Um, and not only that, at the end of this episode, it doesn't end like the other episodes. The narrator actually comes back in and, and, and says some stuff. I mean, that used to happen on Dragon Ball Z all the time. At the end of the episode, the guy would come in and say his stuff and then next time on Dragon Ball Z, you know. Um, so that kind of it kind of reminded me of that. Um, and I, I actually appreciate it. I didn't mind that. But it just was it's, it's a little weird way to end the episode because they're all just kind of standing there waiting for something to happen. Uh, a lot like us <laughs> as, as, as the audience. So that about does it for the episode talk. I mean, there's not a lot to dissect about that. It's just a lot of fighting, but not really fighting. So if you have any thoughts or comments or questions about that, make sure you see me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com or head over to facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast. Make sure you like that page while you're there. Okay. So at this point, I'm going to go ahead and switch over to what are you saying? My email segment 
here where I take your questions, comments, etc. Once again, if you'd like to have your email read, addressed, answered on the podcast, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. So I have an email here from Mark. Mark, thanks a lot. This is a brand new listener. We have not spoken before that I recall. So Mark, thank you very much. I love getting new listeners and I certainly love hearing from you guys. So don't be shy. Uh, send me an email. Says here, hey, Tim, enjoying the pod so far. I only wish I could say the same about Dragon Ball Super. Maybe it's because I'm older and my perspective has changed, but these episodes don't feel anything like Dragon Ball Z. It all feels so silly now. Obviously, DBZ had silly parts, but those were mixed in with real stuff. It feels like the target audience for these episodes is children. I miss the high stakes action when people died, lost hope, got angry, had epic transformations when things actually felt like they mattered. I mean, that Super Saiyan God transformation was pathetic. Compare that to Goku's first Super Saiyan transformation or Gohan's Super Saiyan 2 transformation against Cell. They still give me goosebumps. Also, I agree that DBZ had way better music. I have not seen the movie, so hopefully this saga either ends soon or gets better. Anyway, keep up the good work. Mark, thanks so much for sending me that email. Whew, man, Mark. Um... I appreciate the fact that you kept it real here, okay? I, I certainly appreciate that um, because I think it's been it's been very tough. It's been sort of a love-hate relationship from, with a lot of fans, from what I understand. People will express their dislike, but then they'll sort of rationalize it, which I do a lot too. You know, I'll make excuses for this show <laughs> time and time again. So I appreciate you just being very candid about it. And I, I, I got to say, I agree with you. I mean, I definitely have to say now I can't say I haven't enjoyed any of it. I've definitely enjoyed some of it. I've enjoyed just coming back to this universe, getting to see our characters again, uh, getting to see what they've been up to. Um, episode seven was my favorite. I think it was episode seven where Vegeta went crazy on Beerus. I mean, in the episode before that was pretty good. But so far, they have been more disappointed, disappointing episodes than they have been good ones, I think. Um, I don't think any of them were just terrible, but this, there certainly were some that just weren't very good. That being said, um, we are only 10 episodes in, you know, I do wish I could remember what the first, how I felt the first time I saw the first 10 episodes of Dragon Ball Z. I'm going to assume that I was way more excited than I am about this, uh, cause it did feel like there were more stakes. So I, sir, I definitely agree with you on that. I missed the high stakes action too. One, one thing about this Beerus saga is that none of this shit feels like it really means anything. Like Beerus never really felt like he was a real threat. He never felt like he was actually going to destroy the planet. Like, I mean, even though he said he was going to, it just never felt like it, you know, because we know he's a God and he's just, he's just a different type of villain. So that tension isn't there, you know, and not only that, everybody's there. It feels, it feels very, the scale feels very small. Because we've got our entire Dragon Ball Z cast pretty much on this boat. Whereas before, you know, something may be going on in another part of the city. And then and then, then they're in the mountains fighting. And then something's going on in the forest. And somebody's looking for the Dragon Balls. And we go back to Master Roshi's Island every now and then. So all of these things just make for a much different feel for Dragon Ball Super. And I, I don't know if it's just a matter of us needing to get used to this feel or just kind of 
you know, saying, well, that's just this saga and things will change because, you know, I think we pretty much know Resurrection F, that whole storyline is going to be coming soon. So we should be getting some branching out there because if it's anything like the movie, we'll get to actually see Frieza in outer space for a little bit. And maybe that'll kind of open up some of this stuff so that it's, it doesn't feel so small. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's definitely it's definitely weird. And like the, tra- I mean, the Super Saiyan God transformation, um, it just, it doesn't, it almost doesn't feel like a real transformation because it didn't, there was no hard work for lack of a better term, that went into that transformation. It almost seems like it was just handed over to Goku. So it's kind of hard to get excited about that because it just was like this free upgrade that he got. Whereas before, you know, somebody had to get killed or somebody had to get beaten, the, the shit beat out of them, or somebody's best friend had to die or someone had to get, had to watch their friend get pummeled or, you know, and, and like those transformations felt much more powerful their impact was greater because we had to watch them go through all of this shit to reach that level whereas here with super saiyan god it's like oh okay we'll just we'll just all give our powers to goku and that'll be it so i'm not trying to say i don't like the super saiyan god i'm just saying that it's certainly not as exciting as the previous transformations were and i don't think anyone would disagree with that so i I agree with you there mark um Yes, DBZ had way better music. Yes, I've I've gone on and on about that <laughs> a million times now. Um, yeah, and you mentioned here that you feel like the target audience for these episodes is children. Yes, I agree. I, d- I did mention that too a couple times, you know. And I can't necessarily, and I, I think that's why Pilaf is in there, and I think that's why Beerus is about to destroy the planet over food and stuff like that. Like these kind of silly things, like. I feel like they're trying to get kids to come back and like a new generation of children to get into the show. I can't be mad at them for that because from a marketing perspective, it makes sense. It does make sense that they would try to get kids now because a lot the kids these days, I mean, they, hell, I was barely alive when Dragon Ball Z started originally in Japan. So you know that 10 year olds and 12 year olds, eight year olds, you know, they probably don't even know what Dragon Ball Z is. And if they do, you know, it's because their parents watched it. So maybe they're just trying to get a new group of kids interested in the show. I can't be mad at them for that. But what I do hope is that, you know, don't forget about us adults (laughs) who love this show too. And from what I understand, things will get better. I was actually talking to a friend of mine the other night uh, we started talking about Dragon Ball Super. He's one of the people who has been watching the Japanese version. And he says that it's great. I mean, he's in episode 80 somewhere. But he says that things do get a lot better. And, and it does sort of sort of start to remind him of the show that he fell in love with in a lot in a lot more ways. So that is something to be optimistic about, Mark. And I will try to hold on to that optimism, too. <laughs> so thank you very much for sending me an email. Once again, if you want to email me, uh, rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. So that's about all I have for this episode. I do want to mention this. Once again, Tim Bridgewater Geek. Facebook.com slash Tim Bridgewater Geek. YouTube.com slash Tim Bridgewater Geek. Um, I've been talking about this every episode, getting closer and closer. Guess what? Somewhere within the next uh 
two or three days, you will see several videos emerge on that page, on the YouTube page. Now you wanna like the Facebook page too, because that's how you'll know when stuff is up. You know, it'd be, it's easier to keep track of that kind of stuff on Facebook than it is on YouTube. Uh, yeah, so talk is pretty much over. I've already recorded several videos. Uh, I need to edit them and put them together. But if you want to hear me talk about some cool things, uh, one of the videos is going to be just me catching my YouTube subscribers up on what I've been doing so far. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Wrath the Dragon. I'm going to talk a little bit about Geekly Dose, Public City Report, uh, and the other things that I've been into in the meantime. So if you want to check that out, make sure you go over to YouTube.com slash Geek. Subscribe. I will also be doing that Power Rangers video where it's just kind of me talking about some ideas I had for a Power Rangers movie before they announced that Lionsgate was making one and kind of comparing those, my ideas to theirs. Uh, it's, it's a fun episode. You know, I think it's kind of fun to just talk about what could have been in my mind in terms of the Power Rangers movies. And the other one is just going to be a channel trailer. You know, just letting everybody know what kinds of things you'll be able to see over on that trailer. So once again, head over to those pages, give them likes, subscribe, etc. A lot of fun things coming. It's going to be an interesting year, 2017. Don't lose hope. There is hope that Dragon Ball Super will get a lot better. I'm going to hold on to that. You hold on to it as well. So until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater. Thank you guys, and I will see you next time.